Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. And now, shining the spotlight on the future of hockey, the World Juniors. This is Brad Lambert from Team Finland. I'm Oscar Olesen from Team Sweden. Hey, this is Dylan Grand. Hi, I'm Lane Hudson from the U.S. National Team. Dion Mishak. Fabian Lucell. Cole Perfetti. Hey, it's Jake Sanson. I play for Team USA. Major Junior. Hey, this is Matthew Kachuk of the London Knights. I'm Jonathan Yerudo from the St. John's Sea Dogs. Kirby Dock of the Saskatoon Blades. Hey, it's Alex Dabrinkit from the Erie Otters. Gerald Dubois from the Cape Breton Screen Eagles. It's Zachary LaRue from the Halifax Mooseheads. This is John Gunther of the Emerson Oil Kings. NCAA. Hey, this is Noah Hannafin from Boston College. Hey, it's Troy Terry from the Denver Pioneers. Quinn Hughes from the University of Michigan. This is Brock Faber from the University of Minnesota. It's Dylan Hollis from the Wisconsin Badgers. The NHL Draft. U.S. Lovkovsky from TPS. Hey, this is Kevin Krasinski of the Seattle Thunderbirds. Hey, guys, it's Cutter Goche from the U.S. National Team. Hi, it's Matt Savoy with the Winnipeg Ice. Hey, this is Sarah Manzel from Shaska High School. Nessa Goche, I play for the Quebec Ramparts. This is Ty Nelson from the North Bay Battalion. Hey, it's Dylan James from the Sioux City Musketeers. This is Rieger Lorenz from the Okotoks Oilers. And more. And welcome to the Pipeline Show. And this is the Pipeline Show. The Pipeline Show. Pipeline Show. Pipeline Show. The Pipeline Show. It's September, and you know what that means. It's training camp season. Welcome to the Pipeline Show, everybody. Keith Flaming with you. I'm glad that you were able to uh, join me for this week's terrific episode. Uh, Today, I'll get to what's coming down the pipe here in a minute. But as the calendar uh, flips to September, you know that means that the regular season is right around the corner. But first, we got training camp. we got exhibition season, and that is in the the CHL, the uh, CJHL, Junior A in Canada already. Uh, well into their exhibition uh, schedule, as are they uh, in the queue as well. The Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, a couple of weeks they've been playing exhibition games already. Uh, down south, the USHL, not that far away from getting going. The NAHL uh, and college hockey, uh, well, college hockey doesn't start really until October. So for September, what we like to do traditionally is we always do the team-by-team uh, WHL previews, and uh, we get that started here this week. But some news and notes to get to first. First off, the Pipeline Show brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. They've been our title sponsor for a couple of years now, and love it when uh, I, I get a sponsor on the show who isn't just someone that uh, wants to advertise, but somebody that I support myself. And uh, Wilhock Beef Jerky, absolutely, I mean it, it is the best beef jerky that I have ever had. They've got three locations in the Edmonton area now. The original in Leduc, you can go to Spruce Grove, which is the one closest to me. Or there's the new location in West Edmonton Mall kiosk, not that far from the Ice Palace on the main level near entrance 44. But if you're not in the Edmonton area, don't worry about it. If you're in uh, Western Canada, you can get it. Any order, any size, anywhere in Western Canada, they will ship it to you. Just contact uh, Trent in Leduc, and he'll take care of your orders. You can even order them right online at wilhockbeefjerky.com. All right, let's get to the news and notes uh, for this week. And we'll have to start with uh, some trades in the Western Hockey League. A few big ones. Really early in the week, the Kamloops Blazers and the Red Deer Rebels uh, got together. Mats Lindgren going from the Blazers to the Rebels in exchange for defenseman Kyle Masters and a conditional first-round pick. That'll either be in 2025 or 2026. Two defensemen who have been drafted, two very different defensemen. Lindgren, the much more offensive of the two. Masters is a year older. Uh, I will be honest, uh, I've seen a lot more of Masters, obviously, because he's uh, he was in Red Deer, uh, and Lindgren and the Camelos Blazers haven't, I mean, they haven't come to Alberta. 
so I'm much more familiar with Masters, and I like Kyle Masters. So I like that trade on the on on the surface for Kamloops, especially as they're hosting the Memorial Cup this year. They get a veteran defenseman in there who's a, a good two-way guy. I think he's more, you know, if you're doing the slider on uh, the NHL video games and you're trying to decide is he more offense or more defense, I would suggest he's more defense than offense. But there is offensive upside there as well. Uh, but I like that trade for Kamloops. And they get a first-round pick in the deal. All that for basically a year younger of Matt's Lindgren. Lindgren... Now, the Rebels are getting an offensive guy there, which, as far as I know, they are still expecting Christopher Setoff back as a 20-year-old this year, and he's got lots of offense, so they'd have two pretty big offensive weapons on the back end. We'll see if, uh, in fact, Setoff is coming back, but that was a significant trade, and then the Saskatoon Blades made two trades this week. First, they dealt a Kyle Krenkovic, who was fifth in WHL scoring last year. He goes to the Seattle Thunderbirds. And you're thinking, well, Seattle is loading up to take another run at it this year. Well, it cost them a lot, though. It cost them Connor Roulette and a third-round pick. Roulette's a good player, and he's a year younger. So from Saskatoon's perspective, uh, they're getting a third-round pick. It's a few years down the road, but they're also getting a year younger. So they could, they'll could, they probably have Roulette this year for sure and possibly for a 20-year-old season. He's not signed yet by the Dallas Stars, who drafted him in the fourth round in 2021. They don't have to sign him until the next spring, where his rights would go back into the draft. And if that was the case, whoever does draft him again wouldn't have to sign him right away, so he'd probably be back in the WHL. And maybe that's what Saskatoon is uh, thinking of, uh, whereas they know Krinkovic, this is his overage season. He's undrafted, so he's he's got this year, and that's it in the WHL. From Seattle's perspective, well, they're getting a guy who was fifth in the league in scoring last year, so that's obviously a big piece for them as they try to take a run at it here this year. The other trade Saskatoon makes is uh, they trade Kieran Gronick and a second-round pick to the Vancouver Giants for Justin Lies. Now, Gronick they picked up from Prince George midway through last year, if I recall. Uh, didn't have a you know much of an impact in Saskatoon. Now Lies hasn't uh, had much of an impact in Vancouver. He's been there for three years. Not a lot of offensive numbers to speak of. So I'm I'm little surprised to see there's a second round pick involved here going to Vancouver. Whatever the reasons are, Saskatoon has been busy here in the last couple of days. Camps opening up around the WHL. There was also a big trade in the OHL as camps have got underway. Sam Dickinson, a fourth overall pick by the Niagara Ice Dogs, doesn't report to Niagara. They trade him to the London Knights for seven draft picks, a bunch of uh, second-rounders, a bunch of third-rounders in there. So the Knights getting what sounds like a pretty good player, defenseman in Sam Dickinson. Big guy. Saw the picture of him standing with the Hunters, and he is uh, the player is the tallest by far. So they're expecting him to be an impact player. Now, Niagara does pretty well in this trade. They get a lot of picks for the next uh, two or three years. They also get a compensation pick from the uh, league as well uh, because their first rounder didn't report to camp. So don't feel too bad for Niagara. They get uh, they get a pretty good outcome here in terms of draft picks. Saw Robert Orr uh, was traded from Halifax to the Gatineau Olympique in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Something about Gatineau tells me they're a team to watch for this year. They're a pretty good club last year, have a, a bunch of drafted players now. It seems like they're entering their window to really take a run at it here. Uh, this season. So i uh, thinking Gatineau is going to be a team to watch for out of the queue, but we'll get to the queue as uh, the regular season gets closer. For right now, we're focusing on the WHL for the next four episodes, the next four weeks. 
Uh, but before I tell you who's coming up on the show today in the Alberta Junior Hockey League, a couple of uh, things worth mentioning. Uh, two teams uh, with some rebranding. The Calgary Canucks have uh, changed their logo. they got a big bowl now as their logo, and they've gone with the Calgary Flames red and yellow, and the White Court Wolverines with a new logo as well. Upgraded their logo, updated it, brought it up to 2022. Uh, but the big news out of the AJHL is that Drayton Valley uh, announced their new head coach, their coaching staff in mid-July, Jeff Shantz and uh, Sean Brown, a couple of former NHLers. Well, a month and a half later, and Jeff Shantz is <laughs> no longer the head coach as he has accepted a job with the Arizona Coyotes. So I'm assuming that for now at least uh, Sean Brown is the head coach there. He was uh, hired as to be the associate coach and the general manager, so I would have to think that Sean Brown is the guy now behind the bench but how quickly things change there for the uh, Drayton Valley Thunder. All my guests will join me courtesy the Troubled Monk Hotline. Go to troubledmonk.com slash shop, and you can see all the beverages the Troubled Monk has to offer, and you can uh, order them online and pick them up at the Farmer's Market in Calgary or the Farmer's Market in Edmonton or right at the Troubled Monk Brewery in Red Deer. And on that page, you can sort by uh, the newest beverages that are available, or you can sort by popularity, and I, I did that. And uh, one of my favorites is right at the top, the Daycation Lager. Highly recommended by The Pipeline Show. All right, this week's episode, we are going to get right to it because it's uh, it's a, these ones are always long because they're five or six guests. And this week, it'll be five guests, all of them from the BC division of the Western Hockey League. We're going to have the general manager and or the head coach, and I say and or because... In some cases, the GM is the head coach. Here is the order that we will uh, get things done. The uh, Victoria Royals are the first team in the hopper. Dan Price, there is a general manager and a head coach. He's going to be our guide to all things uh, Victoria. From there, we'll head up to Prince George, and uh, the Cougars are in the spotlight uh, with another GM-head coach combo. That's Mark Lamb. Then we'll go back down to uh, the coastline and the uh, Vancouver Giants in the spotlight. Barkley Parnetta is the general manager with the uh, Giants. And we'll finish off in the interior, starting with the Kelowna Rockets. That'll be head coach Chris Millette, and we'll end it with the GM and the head coach of the Memorial Cup hosting Kamloops Blazers. Lots we're going to get to, a lot of ground to cover, some in-depth conversations with the brass uh, for these five BC division teams. So let's get right to it. Up first, the Victoria Royals. Dan Price is my guest. Let's get to know the Royals next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. One, two, three, four. Penalty is over, and the Flames four of them get out. Up at center and coming in as Lou Gillenbeck centered it. And the scores, Lanny McDonald. Hey, it's Lanny McDonald, formerly of the Medicine Hat Tigers, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Since 1965, Wilhawk Beef Jerky has provided fresh, top-quality beef jerky made with 100% Alberta beef. From your very first bite, you'll understand that real jerky isn't found at the convenience store. It's tender, full of flavor, with just a hint of subtle spices. Wilhawk's jerky is aged, seasoned, and marinated to lock in the flavors, and then smoked to perfection. Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It might just be the best you've ever tasted. Try for yourself. Search W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. 
Back on the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming, the program brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It is Alberta's best beef jerky, and I dare say it's the best beef jerky that you've ever had. And if you haven't had it, it's the best that you haven't had just yet. But you can do that if you're in Western Canada, any order, any size, anywhere in Western Canada from wilhockbeefjerky.com. All right, this week we are starting our team-by-team season previews for the Western Hockey League. We're going to go through each team one by one. We're going to speak with the either the general manager or the head coach, and if uh, neither of those two are available, uh, we'll track down the play-by-play guy or a media person that covers the team. But uh, fortunately, first up, we get the Victoria Royals. Not only do I get the head coach, but also the GM, because it's the same guy. Dan Price, uh, welcome to the Pipeline Show. Dan, how are you? I'm doing great, Guy. Thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, Summer's been good. I know it's uh, been a, a busy one for you and we were kind of chatting before we started here that it's a uh, it's a normal season, a normal off season, which we haven't had for a few years. So it's kind of good to get back into uh, the normal swing of things, isn't it? It's true. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate you asking. It has been a great summer, and I've actually been out on the road quite a bit. I, I base out of Victoria year round, but I haven't really been in Victoria too too much because, as you mentioned, now coming out of COVID, you start getting those regular rhythms of the off season as far as scouting and recruiting staffing, league meetings, all those things. And so that's my uh, first experience with that uh, as far as a regular rhythm of the summer in this role, even though uh, I'll be going into my third year uh, in the combined role now. So do you feel like the, the summer, there isn't really an off-season for you as in that general manager role uh, nearly as much as what uh, maybe you thought it was going to be? <laughs> no, it's definitely way different than coaching, that's for sure. I mean, definitely had a glimpse of that, having worked with um, – other, you know, GMs in the past, great GMs. Cam Hope was the most recent one as an example. And I, I could get a glimpse of how busy they are during the summer. But on the coaching side, um, you're thinking about completely different things and definitely trying to get some downtime in those months. So until you experience it firsthand, it's really tough to know what it's all about. Well, training camp will be uh, opening up, uh, what, probably uh, the Labor Day weekend for you guys or right around there? Yeah, exactly. Um, so our uh, 06 and 07 born players will begin that first phase of camp on September 1st, mm-hmm. and then main camp starts on September 4th, and we roll right into the preseason on September 10th. All right, so that is right away. Uh, so I appreciate you giving up uh, a little bit of your last week of the actual summer here for me. I appreciate that. <laughs> but let's get right to it. And I guess uh, to begin looking ahead to this uh, coming year, we got to look back at last year and uh, the team just falling short of the playoffs. Great race. Uh, down the stretch, but uh, just missing out on the playoffs by, uh, what, a single point. So a a great run just coming up short. But uh, the players who aren't back from last year's team, of course, everybody loses the the 20-year-olds from last year. For you, uh, a couple of uh, significant, well, three significant players, Graham Bricks, but uh, Taryn Fizer and and Bailey Peach. And uh, those are some uh, big holes to fill, aren't they? They're huge holes to fill, absolutely. And uh, Taryn and Bailey ended up finding a real chemistry together, in completely different paths into our team. You know, Taryn was a player that was drafted by our team in the prospects draft back when he was 14. So he was a lifetime Royal and he was our captain, uh, primarily a right winger. And Bailey Peach was someone we actually acquired uh, through the CHL waiver process uh, from the QMJHL. And he was a natural left winger. And so they just found that chemistry playing on the, the flanks of the same line of our first line uh, over the course of the whole year and just developed a really explosive dynamic. And they had different sentiment at times. Braden Sherman was one of, was one of them. Uh, towards the end of the year, Pfizer actually moved to center. And uh, Caleb Wilms played on the right side. Um, and that just gave us the ability when those guys were in, because you know, we did have some injury challenges, as you know, 
just to create some different looks and depth um, in the other three lines as well. And uh, one of those guys was um, a 2001-born player that we made a move for a little bit later in the year named Evan Patrician. Mm-hmm. Um, so Graham, Graham Bricks and Evan Patrician kind of split that duty as the third 20-year-old, and uh, Evan was a great two-way center for us as well. So tough guys to replace. We don't see, speaking of Bailey Peach, we don't see the, the guys out east moving to the west and uh, very often, let alone having the success that he did, usually it happens the other way where the Q is getting guys uh, through the waiver process uh, from the WHL or especially the OHL. How did that come about for you? What did you know of Bailey Peach before you got him? And, and I mean, it's uh, now that it's happened, do you kind of go that route again if you can? It was just such a unique circumstance. Uh, the, 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 the mechanism uh, hadn't existed in the past for players to migrate this direction. It was only um, uh, the one direction going to the east in the past. But actually, right before the hub season, that's when that rule changed. Um, no one really took advantage of it that I know of uh, in the hub year because everyone was in the bubble, of course. Um, but last, so last year was sort of the first year where there was that uh, freedom uh, to move around. And again, it was just purely coincidental. I mean, um, his QMJHL team had four 20-year-olds, one of whom was in an NHL camp uh, with Montreal. That player got reassigned late. Everyone in the league already had their 20s. So everyone was full and he was just sort of boxed out. So a really good player just, by sheer randomness became free and we were able to claim him well it certainly worked out for you a heck of a season uh, for him 78 points in 66 games now all right so you've got some uh, some a couple of holes to fill there we'll get to the what you do with the forwards in a minute but maybe let's start in net and i, I know you had a number of goaltenders come through uh last year but uh, for the most part uh your uh your starter was tyler palmer I, i'm assuming he's back in what are you at uh, for goaltenders right now coming into camp yeah, I love our goaltending depth. It, it ended up becoming a real strength of our team last year, um, despite, as you mentioned, some some movement at that position earlier in the year. Um, but Tyler Palmer, who was a first-year player last year as an 18-year-old, really emerged as a, a quality uh, Western Hockey League goaltender. And he's just ultra-competitive, and he's able to handle huge minutes and um, had a pretty high shot volume at times uh, when we were going through our injuries last year. So, yeah, he's a he's a bona fide Western leaguer for sure. I think he's got a chance to be a great pro as well. We made a trade for some veteran depth, uh, acquired Campbell Arnold, who's an 0-2 birth year. So he returns uh, to camp uh, as a 20-year-old um, from Spokane. Uh, and then some some really, really exciting depth coming up at younger age groups. So um, our 2005-born goalie is Logan Cunningham from the NAX program in Edmonton. And then our 06-born goalie is Jaden Krause from the PA Mentos program in Saskatchewan. So And all four guys can play, so it's going to be a great battle at camp. Holy, when you say 06, uh, I suddenly feel very, very old. <laughs> I know. Well, like you and I were just talking about, 2006 was my first job in hockey or coaching job in hockey with Chilliwack right and league expanded to become uh, to you know include the Bruins at that time and I'm thinking man he was just born that year it's incredible <laughs> that is amazing wow yeah. uh, what's your philosophy on having a 20 year old goaltender some some teams unless it's like your bonafide number one guy and he's a stud in the league maybe not sure that you want to have a 20 year old uh in net uh, like that because you can only have three uh for yourselves uh where are you at in that situation right now I really view that as situational each year. You know, sometimes that, that 20 year old goalie is just so important to the team, uh, that you really want to invest the spot in the goalie. And then other years, the players that earn those uh, three spots are at different positions. And sometimes you even balance that out. You know, you might have one at each position or 
divide it between forward and D. Last year was also really unique in the sense that all three of our 20-year-olds were forwards, um, a left winger, a centerman, and a right winger. So I, I really view that as situational each year. You have to really take that case by case. Dan Price is the uh, general manager and the head coach of the Victoria Royals. Uh, my guest here on the Pipeline Show as we get set for the upcoming WHL season. Camp's opening up here uh, right away. Um, you're, on your back end, Gannon LaRock uh, is the uh, property of the San Jose Sharks. Uh, I would suggest your marquee name on the blue line, but uh, uh, what's your defensive core look like coming into camp? It's another thing we're really excited about. Uh, this will be Gannon's uh, first year as the captain of the team. So much much like Matthew Phillips a couple of years ago in the 17-18 season, Gannon will be a 19-year-old captain of the team. Um, I know he'll do a great job leading the group. And you're right, he's, he's property, uh, he's a signed player with the San Jose Sharks, so He's going to do everything he can here to, you know, help the team win and then develop his own game and then, you know, eventually move on to the pro level. So that's a great anchor for us. But um, virtually every defenseman from last year returned. So just thinking about how the pairings shook out towards the end of the year, um, you know, Austin Zemlak was an 05 that had returned from injury and uh, had a great, made a great contribution. He's a first-round pick of ours in the prospects draft. Uh, Jason Spazaka uh, was a first-round pick of ours in, at the 04 age group. Uh, he had a great year. His partner most of the year was Anton McMaster, um, who's an 02-born player. Uh, Kalen Parker, who's a late 04, uh, and Luke Shipley, who's also an 04, mostly played together. And then Wyatt Wilson, uh, who's an 03, that's on his way to uh, Winnipeg Jets camp this fall. Uh, he was mostly Dan and LaRock's partner at the end of the year. And that's not to even speak of all the 05 and 06 prospects coming in who are dynamite. So just like in goal, that decor um, minutes are going to be hard earned in that decor group for sure. Pretty rare that you're able to return everybody on your blue line from one year to the next. That's, that's a huge benefit for you moving forward, isn't it? Yeah, we were very fortunate. I mean, obviously we went through some growing pains last year. The group was a little bit younger. Mm -hmm. uh, all of the 20 year olds were in the forward position, none on the back end. And so they had to learn, you know, go through some trial by fire there. But ultimately, I believe it really benefited them. They rose to the challenge. And then, you know, as you saw, once they got their legs under them and once we got health, we had a great charge and a great push at the end of the year. And I know they'll really carry that momentum forward. Uh, just on paper, looking at uh, the, the blue line, one of the things that stands out is just how big they're. Uh, a lot of you, the defensemen that are uh, going to be in camp are for you. Uh, is having size uh, something that is, is that by design or... Uh, is it just kind of coincidence that a lot of these guys are, you know, 6'3", 6'4", 6'6", in the case of McMaster? I mean, there's a lot of beef back there. Yeah, there is. Uh, I mean, that's something we really value, obviously, on the back end if we can get it. But never never uh, at the expense of mobility, never at the expense of hockey sense or competitiveness. And that's probably what resonates for me the most about the group is they're big and strong, and that's great. That's really going to help us control our end and control the net front. But at the end of the day, they're good people. They're smart. They see the ice well. They're competitive. Um, that's the thing I'm most excited about. All right, let's move up to the uh, the forward group, and that's where you got the holes to fill with uh, the um, your leading scorers from last year. But uh, definitely Braden Sherman back, and and uh, one of those guys you're going to lean on heavily, I'm sure, for offense this season. Fair to say? Yeah, it's true. I mean, um, once uh, Pfizer and Wilms and Peach found a rhythm together last year uh, on the first line, one of the really cool um, examples of chemistry that we saw was uh, Braden Sherman at center. And then Tanner Scott, who's from the Edmonton area and can just straight up fly, uh, him playing his offside on the right wing. And then our Danish uh, player, Marcus Almquist, playing his offside as a right-handed shot on the left wing. And all three of those guys can just straight up 
buzz. And uh, so seeing them together was really, really cool. Um, seeing that chemistry as far as second line uh, scoring and secondary scoring goes, that'll be huge. Certainly interested to see um, how our uh, returning O2 players do. Uh, one of them I mentioned is Anson McMaster, and we have Arnold and Goal, but up front, uh, Riley Gannon, excuse me, quietly went about his business and scored 21 goals last year. And uh, Caleb Wilms is a player we acquired from Medicine Hotway partway through the year who is now back from injury and he can really fly too and he can play all three positions. So I feel like there are some players on our team that are due for um, breakout seasons, if you will, and have maybe been a little bit uh, under-recognized or, or um, um, haven't produced what they likely could produce in the Western League. And I, I think we're going to see that from those guys this year. Going back to Sherman, Scott, and Almquist for a second, Mention the size on the back end. Well, they they would be the opposite of that. Uh, uh, Sherman, yeah. Sherman and Scott listed at five nine, and Almquist only five seven. Yeah. When it comes to the forwards, can you get away with that, or do you need to mix it up so there's a little bit uh, more balance on a on a line with size? You're so right, and we and we do tend to look for that. That's that's one of the reasons why I say it was a little bit surprising that uh, they found that much chemistry because all three of them were willing to do all of the work. We had. They were all willing to be first to pucks. They were all willing to turn pucks over and retrieve pucks and get above the puck. And they played like big guys on the ice. And part of that is because they were everywhere all the time with their speed. But fortunately, if we do want to blend the the depth of the group or, or even that one line in particular, we've got some big boys uh, up front as well. So Anthony Wilson, who's Wyatt's brother, uh, he returns as an 05 player. He's got size and speed and strength and grit. And um, Reggie Newman, another 05 player who typically plays right wing for us, he's a real handful. He's, he's a beast. So there's, there are many examples of some guys that we can move around the lineup to have uh, some size and strength as well. Uh, outside of uh, Marcus Almquist the, the, from Denmark, uh, who is your other import player for this coming season? We have some good news. Uh, well, I, I would say bittersweet news um, in the offseason. So our 02 Swiss player, Keanu Durand, who's been with us since he was 17 and been a huge part of a group. Uh, he signed a pro contract in Geneva uh, in the Swiss League this year. So really excited for him to be able to start his pro career. It's well-deserved, and he's going to be a great pro. But obviously that's a, a, a really good offensive player that moves on. Mm -hmm. So we've actually filled that spot uh, with an 04-born player from Czechia, whose name is Robin Sapusic. Uh, and he's currently still with his club, uh, Karla Vivari, uh, in the Czech or in Czechia, I should say. Um, but we're hoping that uh, he'll be able to make his way over fairly soon here and, um, and be with us, uh, if not to start the season shortly thereafter. Uh, he's a great two-way centerman that can really distribute the puck, so I know he'll really help us offensively and defensively. Who have we not talked about yet that uh, you're excited to see in camp? Maybe it's a, like a 16-year-old that you're uh, expecting good things from. Or is there uh, maybe two or three guys that come to mind when I describe it like that? Yeah, lots of guys, actually. But one really interesting storyline uh, is at the, one of the older age groups. Um, so it's an 03-born player named Teague Patton. Teague's from Kelowna, and uh, he and Caleb Wilms played together in Medicine Hat last year. And uh, just like with Caleb, I think Teague, it's taken him a little bit to sort of find himself and find his game in the Western League. And um, there's a player we've really liked for a really long time. He's really sneaky around the net. He's a good finisher. Kind of reminds me of one of our um, alumni named Gary Hayden uh, that played for us a couple of years ago. He just He's like a sticky player. You know what I mean? He, the puck just sticks to him. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he always seems to have it around the net. And he's really competitive and gritty. So I'm really curious to see where a guy like Teague uh, fits in as a player that will be new to our team. All right, Dan, I remember, seem to recall last year, correct me if I'm wrong, but 
it was a slow start for the team, but you said we're not panicking. We know we expected it was going to be like that, and things are going to turn around, and it did. Uh, what are your expectations for this season? Yeah, we just really want to keep uh, the focus very narrow this year. Um, I know the group's excited. I know they're going to have high expectations for themselves, and they're they're going to want to you know do everything at once. But we just really want to keep that focus narrow. Uh, and just focus, you know, first on camp, of course, then the preseason, and then the home opener against the Spokane Chiefs. It, it's a dream scenario for us as far as rising to a challenge because it was that two-game set at the end of the year where we split. We won the first game, Spokane won the second game, mm-hmm. where they leapfrogged us and we slid from sixth all the way out. And um, so that's been something that's been on everyone's minds all summer long. And um, I just know if the players focus on preparing well at camp and making sure we're we're fast and fit uh, and organized, you know, it'll give us our best chance for a good start against Spokane, which is going to be a really difficult game. They're a really good uh, team that returns a lot of young players too, but that's really the only focus right now is uh, those three things camp and then the preseason and then that home opener. So at the end of the year, you're not looking that far ahead yet. Like I was going to ask you how you determine 11 months from now, if it was a successful season or not, what's your barometer for that, but you're not looking that far ahead. We're not looking that far ahead yet, and and one of the reasons for that is, you know, this group, especially the 04 age group, this is their third year together now, and last year we were obviously a little bit of a of a younger team. That was just sort of the cycle we were going through, but also, of course, had the just the craziness of all the injuries and and COVID and just all those all random things that can sometimes happen. So mm-hmm. that's been a, a just a real test for the guys that's that's really bonded them. But also, you know, you probably recall during the, the hub season, we really leaned into that youth movement. It's the youngest our team has ever been. I think we we're the youngest team in the league. It was mostly 04s on the team at 16. Um, and we just worked through that process. And so what I'm really excited to see is, is what this group wants to become, like what they as players want to do and how they would measure the success. Because I feel like now as, as an 18-year-old core of 04s, with the other age groups, age groups around them, and this being their third year, it's really up to them what kind of story they want to write and what they feel ready to write. Um, so I really want to leave that conversation more up to the players than the coaches. All right, we'll leave it at that. Dan, I really appreciate your time like this. Uh, best of luck this coming season. I know camp right around the corner, but uh, should be an exciting season for uh, the Victoria Royals and the fan base. I appreciate your time. You too, Guy. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Dan Price of the Victoria Royals, uh, general manager and head coach uh, for those Royals. Man, what a race it was at the end of last year. You had four teams basically fighting for three playoff spots, and unfortunately for Victoria, they were on the outside looking in when it was all said and done. Prince George, Spokane, Vancouver all with 53 points, Victoria with 52. It was that close, and that made for a really exciting race. And uh, I think it should be a good year for Victoria. It should be uh, something for the fans to get excited about when a team can return that many players, especially on the blue line like that, and both goaltenders. Uh, that stability goes a long way, building from one season to another. Uh, so uh, maybe uh, things are on the rise for the Victoria Royals. We will find out uh, sooner as opposed to later. Next up, we continue on with the BC Division uh, previews, and our next stop is in Vancouver. The general manager is Barclay Parnetta, and he will join me next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Willock Beef Jerky. Now near side whites, far side Krebs, wrist shot, scores! Peyton Krebs, a wrist shot from the far side, and gets by Bailey Birkin. Hey, Peyton Krebs from the Kootenai Ice. 
and this is the Pipeline Show. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Jonathan Taves. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! Joe Pavelski. And Johnny Gaudreau. We're stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Who's scruffy looking? Continuing on, The Pipeline Show with the team-by-team WHL uh, previews for this upcoming season. Of course, reminder, The Pipeline Show brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Go to wilhockbeefjerky.com and get your order sent to you anywhere in Western Canada. Uh, before the uh, last break, I said that it was going to be Vancouver who was uh, in the spotlight next. Uh, I lied as uh, just out of the blue, I had to get Mark Lamb, the GM and the head coach of the Prince George Cougars in first. Mark, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm real good. Well, I appreciate you making time like this. I know uh, maybe at this time of year, it's it's either uh, really busy because camp's about to start or you want to put your feet up uh, by the pool. So I'm b- disturbing either one of those. So I appreciate you being available. Yeah, that's for sure. It's uh, I think when you do all these interviews and talk to all the teams, they're all going to say that the summer just flew right by, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden hockey's here again, which is which is very exciting for everybody. But uh, you know, it, it it was the the summer was great. You always really enjoy the summer. You love uh, some of the time off, but it's always busy. Was it a little shorter this year because of the season? It kind of got pushed back and and ended a little bit later. I know you did have a playoff series to get through as well. So was there a, a bit more of a condensed off season for you? Well, you know, it, it just seems like that, um, you know, for the last couple of years, you know, that the, the time just goes by. You miss so many days with, uh, you know, with dealing with COVID. Uh, you have so many shutdowns, restart, uh, you're always dealing with things like that. So, um, you know, during the season, it seems like it was going longer because nothing was consistent. So, you know, and that's just uh, just my feeling of how it went. Uh, you know, getting into the playoffs is something that was really good for our, for our club and was very exciting for our club, and we're looking to build on that. All right. Well, it was a young team last year, so getting that uh, that playoff experience, even if it was four <laughs> games of playoff experience, that's that's something to really build off of for this year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it sure is. Um, you know, we were a real young team uh, you know, last year. That being said, we're going to be a real young team again this year. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, that's the cycle that we're in. But um, so so the importance of making the playoffs and, and, and playing against a really good team in, in Portland and the disappointing and losing four games, I thought that uh, we played some really good hockey. We had a lot of guys step up in a real competitive uh situation you know portland finished so far ahead of us so the the experience for a young group was 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 great and you know i was really proud of how some of these guys uh played during that those four games and it was part of partly the the lead up to the playoffs just to get in i mean there was a a pretty healthy four-team race there for the last three spots i mean it went right down to the final weekend too so you're playing meaningful games right right to the very end of the regular season 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the, you know, we didn't, uh, you know, I, I, I think on our team last year and it was something, I think we had like maybe five or six playoff games on our team, like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, but they, we didn't have any experience. So we really didn't have that to lean on, but the experience that we did when we finally made the playoffs, which was the, you know, the second last game or the last game of the year. So the experience that we had to lean on is what we went through trying to get into the playoffs and, and we had to play playoff hockey against those teams to, to make it. And it was, it was an unbelievable experience and going through it, you know, right to the last game, we, you know, we're fighting for that eight spot and, and then we ended up in six. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it was very positive for our hockey club. All right, before we look at this year's roster, uh, the players who aren't back from last year's team, of course, everybody u- loses the three 20-year-olds to graduation. That'd be Connor Bowie, uh, Johnny Hooker, and a defenseman, import defenseman Jonas Bromberg for you. Anybody else from last year's uh, team in the playoffs that won't be back this year? Um, just just Aiden Reed. So, they, you know, the four four guys, those four guys are the only uh, only players that won't be back on our team this year. Well, and I guess for a young team, uh, that consistency and bringing everybody back, that's got to be a positive, isn't it? I mean, you're going to be working with the same group again for the most part uh, for this uh, this coming yeah. season. Yeah, it, it certainly should be. Uh, you know, the, the group that we're bringing back, they know each other. They know what's expected. Um, you know, even though, you know, the expectations are going to be higher. Um, which is good, which that's what we strive for. Uh, we've added a couple, uh, overages and, and, and Boyko and Wheatcroft, uh, mm-hmm. who we expect to be big contributors to our, to our hockey club. And other than that, uh, the guys that we had here last year and, and the guys that we've got coming up, we expect a real competitive camp and the competitive competition is going to be fierce. All right. Well, let's start in net and maybe that's, uh, the, the, position on your club that uh, might not be as uh, uh, much competitive to make the team because you know who your two goalies are it's going to be Tyler Brennan and Ty Young Uh, both of them now drafted players goaltending that spot has been a strength for your club for the last number of years what's the what's the secret to success there for drafting goalies well you got to give your your scouts uh, a lot of credit and and um, you know we have a full-time goalie coach here Taylor Dakers does a, a great job with these guys and you know, not only did we have those two guys drafted, you know, we had Taylor Gauthier here before that. Yep. And, um, in our overage situation and our young goalie situation, you know, we we traded him and he went on to, you know, play great, which is not surprising. Uh, and he, he got signed by Pittsburgh also. So uh, whatever we're doing here, we're doing the right thing um, with our goaltenders, that's for sure. I'm, I'm wondering what the challenge is to try to um, be responsible to both the NHL clubs. They want their guys to play as much as possible. You got to do what's best for your team. You got to keep both goaltenders happy and, and active as well. How do you balance that? That's got to be challenging at times. Well, it works itself out. Um, You know, I've been asked that question lots of times. Um, You know, everybody knows the situation. There's nothing, you know, that's any different. The the only thing that's different is you got to, two drafted goalies and the competition in that they they're both deserving of being number ones um they've proven it they got drafted that's why they got drafted and uh we think it's a we've always thought that uh goaltending goaltending was our strength and it still is and that position and how 
everything, how, how they play will work itself out. All right, speaking with uh, Mark Lamb, the GM and the head coach of the Prince George Cougars as we get set for the upcoming season, a camp about to start uh, for uh, all WHL clubs. Uh, let's uh, talk about your blue line now. Uh, when you look at that group, is there an identity that kind of jumps out at you uh, sort of when people think of the Cougars and the defense, uh, especially as a group? What stands out? Well, we really got... Uh... The biggest thing that stands out is we got puck movers, uh, guys that can really skate, make the first pass, and they're probably more uh, weighted to the offensive uh, part of the game. Um, you know, even though you know defense and our whole team, you have to you have to play real strong defensive hockey to have any type of success. But we feel you know, and you know how our team is built. You, you build from the goaltender out the D and then on, on to the center iceman and forwards and we feel uh, we feel that's a, a real strength of ours also. Does Ethan Sampson take on a, a big leadership role for your club this year especially with the defensive group uh, another guy that's drafted property of the Flyers? You no know, absolutely and you know he's you know he's progressed in that uh, in the leadership role the last few years he's a player that's come in he's been very coachable he's learned the right way he He's a real professional kid, real, comes from a real good family, um, gets drafted, and we expect him to, to be the leader back there. Uh, Mark, uh, with your forward group, I, I know one of the things you're tr- probably trying to figure out is how to get more goals. Uh, I think uh, PG finished second and last in, in goal scoring uh, in the WHL last year. You did finish sixth in the conference and made the playoffs uh, despite that, but you got to get more offense as well. Uh, who are you going to count on uh, up front to do that for you? Well, we got, you know, Riley Height and, and, and Zemer, who were, you know, our, two of our youngest players last year, led our team in scoring. Yeah. So, you know, the bulk of that, they'll they'll improve on that, plus uh, the two overages that we got. And, you know, every team's got to do it by committee, but we feel we have a lot of a lot of skill. We got some younger players that are high draft techs that, that have a lot of skill. So um, we don't really talk about that too much, even though it is, it is real, but... I put a lot of that on that we're just a young team too, um, you know. And when you're when you're that young, the matchups get much more harder. Uh, getting a couple of guys like Chase Wheatcroft and Noah Boyko. Boyko, I mean, he's a first round pick. I don't think he's really realized his uh, potential just yet. Maybe this is the year where he does that. And Wheatcroft, I liked him in Lethbridge and and uh, Winnipeg. You get him out of the uh, the Winnipeg Ice program. These are two guys who, as you said, you count on to be an impact guys. Uh, but they really should be as twenty-year-olds. They should be leaders for you. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know when we're looking at those trades, and you know we had, you know because we were so young, we, you know we only we didn't graduate any nineteen-year-olds into the uh, overage spot. Yeah. You know we just we had one nineteen-year-old on our team, so you know we had a couple spots that we wanted to wanted to fill, and then we still have another spot that we can fill, but we're going to wait on that. Um, and those two players, that's exactly what we looked at. We looked at, uh, you know, where they came from, what type of players, what situation they were in. And, um, you know, sometimes there's some untapped potential and some chemistry. Uh, but both these players have offensive upside, that's for sure. Uh, when it comes to spots, what's your overage, or not your overage, what's your import situation? Uh, we got two imports. Uh, you know, uh, Chemic was here uh, last year and then, Becker uh, is going to be on our team this year. He's a he's an 04 forward from from Czechia. Okay, and how much do you know about him uh, at this point? How much have you seen him play? 
Well, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen him play live, you know, seen him uh, play a lot on, on video, done some research uh, on him and he's, uh, he, he's a real good skater, seems real competitive, uh, uh, knows how to play the game. Uh, you know, he's played center, he's played, played wing. So the versatility's there. And, you know, with any of these kids, any of the, the import players, uh, um, he was actually rated, uh, you know, pretty high in the draft he didn't get drafted so he'll be a uh, pretty motivated to have a real good season here uh, at the end of the year mark what would you consider to be a successful season where do you set that bar is it just making the playoffs or do you need to finish better than sixth place or how do you what, do you, what would be the gauge for you well we every every you know you, you go to make the playoffs um it's when you're sitting here at your at my desk right now before playoffs when i look at the roster you know, you're, I'm pretty happy with where we're sitting. We made the playoffs last year. That's always our goal. Um, those are questions that you probably need a month or two months into your season when you get all the guys back. You know, you just never know how some of these kids summer. You know, so you some really summer really well and and turn into real good players. Some go the other way. So, uh, but when when I look at our depth chart. I, I certainly think that we should be a playoff team and better. I like that expression, how they summer. You, you get a guy who leaves in in spring at 5'11", and he comes to you in, in, in the fall at 6'2", or something like that. You never know, right? It, it, that's exactly right, and, and, and you never know, and you never know about their conditioning. Like, I, you know, a great, a great example is when I was in Swift with Adam Lowry, and I Yep. You know, he, he just he just came back a, a man every year. Like, he left at 16, come back a man at 17 come back a, a man at 18 and then he just came back like, like he, I, I i'm not sure if he's still not growing <laughs> he's uh <laughs> he's the perfect example for that because i remember his like his rookie season his team photo he's like he's a boy and by the end Isn't of it fun? he's yeah. six five and 215 or something like that and yeah it's just night and day yeah. difference between the uh, from yeah. where he started and where he finished for sure uh, well, Mark, I wish you the best of luck this season. I, I really appreciate your time like this, uh, and uh, good luck to the to the uh, Cougars. Yeah, thank you very much. Here's Mark Lamb, former Edmonton Oiler and uh, former GM and head coach of the Swift Current Broncos as well. I think the Cougars could be a fun team to watch this year. I, I think when a team can uh, return so many players from the previous year, there's, there's no downside to that. Uh, both goaltenders have WHL experience now. Both of them are drafted. And getting that entire blue line back has got to be a good thing moving forward, too. I, I like Ethan Sampson as a defenseman, but obviously the big question is uh, where's the offense coming from? And I think getting uh, Chase Wheatcroft, Noah Boyko, I think can take his game to another level. But with uh, Cohen Zemer and uh, Riley Height, they have the makings for uh, more offense. It's just all got to come together. Okay, next team. Now we will get to the Vancouver Giants. Uh, the GM there is Barkley Parnetta. And he is scheduled to join me next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Minnesota selects as the first pick in the 1988 entry draft from Prince Albert, Mike Medano. Hey, this is former Prince Albert Raider Mike Medano, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Go Raiders, go! Go Raiders, go! The green, white, and gold theme is Go Raiders, go! We take on the roughest and welcome the toughest, but the song in Prince Albert is Go Raiders, go! 
Are you a U15 or U17 player looking to sharpen up your skills, have fun, and get conditioned for the upcoming hockey season? Let our coaches and players get you ready at the Spruce Grove Saints 4th Annual Hockey School, brought to you by NextGen Transportation. The camp takes place August 22nd to 26th at the Grant Fury Arena in Spruce Grove. The camp includes over 10 hours of on and off ice training. For more details and to register for the camp, head to sprucegrovesaints.ca slash community slash hockey school today. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. And here he is, having the time of his life. It is The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming, and we continue on with our WHL uh, previews. We're focused on the BC division this week, but we'll get to all 22 teams uh, before the start of the regular season. The Pipeline Show is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky and available anywhere in Western Canada by going to wilhockbeefjerky.com. It's W-I-L-H-A-U-K beefjerky.com. Next stop on the tour is Vancouver with the uh, Vancouver Giants and uh, General Manager Barkley Pernetta. Uh, Barkley, welcome back to the Pipeline Show. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me on the Pipeline Show. I'm, I'm hungry now. I want some jerky. <laughs> we can arrange that because I believe you're coming to Edmonton finally this year. And isn't that a great change? Where you, you know, it's been two or three years since you've uh, been able to get out of the conference and uh, a lot of players on your roster uh, almost finishing their WHL careers and really haven't played half the teams. No, it, it, it's awesome. And obviously it's always fun that, you know what, those, those trips are long, but they're real bonding uh, for the team. And, and we're coming out there relatively early this year. So hopefully the weather's holding up. We're not going to be in a minus 40 situation like you <laughs> tend to get up there. But uh, no, I am looking forward to it. Uh, the facilities and just, it's, it's part of the junior hockey experience that we've been missing the last couple of years. For sure. All right. Well, let's dive right into it. And uh, before we get to this year's team, we've got to talk about who's not back from last year's team. And everybody loses the uh, overage players from last year. And uh, for the Giants, that would be defenseman uh, Alex Cotton and Connor Horning, as well as uh, forward Adam Hall. Uh, those are some pretty big pieces. But I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you had like 10, 19 year olds last year. And they're all 20 now. You can only keep three of them. So there's going to be lots of changes. Who's not back from last year's roster other than your overage guys uh, that we know for sure right now? Well, for sure. Well, um, we're, we're down to, uh, uh, I think we're down to five or six 20s now. And obviously okay. there's question marks with Jesper Vickman, who's a Las Vegas draft pick, but uh, we think that he'll be back in the pipes. He had a little bit of a setback with an injury last year, so he missed some time, but uh, arguably could have been our MVP had he been healthy all year. He's an incredible goalie. And, you know, aside from that, you know, like Ty Thorpe and Cole Shepard and uh, Bush, we got Boucher and, and Peyton Mount. Those are all guys that are sort of back in the mix. Uh, Caden Cole is, is, is probably going to move on to Junior A, I think, in the Saskatchewan Junior League. So uh, he's not going to be back. But uh, aside from that, you know what? It's, it's junior hockey. It's a typical thing, and you just deal with it as it sort of comes through. It's not the best thing as a GM because, obviously, all the kids want to come and play and, 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 and do this. Thomas Cadu is also back as well here and, and looking forward to try to crack the lineup as well. Okay, so you've got uh, a number of guys who are vying for three of those uh, overage spots. So there's going to be a pretty healthy competition in camp for that, and maybe you know the first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, there always is, and with like Jesper's going to to Vegas, so he'll be gone for a couple of weeks, which allows us to you know implement uh, another 20 year old if he's not playing in, in the roster. We're only able to play three in the exhibition, but right. you know they're all good players, and they all bring something a little different. So it's going to be interesting and. 
you know, hopefully if it's uh, not with us, that they're able to showcase their skills enough that they land somewhere else in the league. All right, well, let's go through the rest of the roster then that uh, that will be coming into camp. First off, how many players do you have coming to camp? We are going to have just over 60 this year. So, uh, wow. you know, we're doing something a little different. The first day we're going to have our 06 and 07 skate together, and then we're going to combine everybody into three teams that will sort of do some skill sessions uh some compete stuff and then play some games and it all culminates on on sunday at training camp with like a the quinn Howe legends cup game where we actually uh pull out a lot of the older guys and it's a time for the young guys to shine and show us what they got it's a big group though isn't it 60 players is that more than usual well i mean i don't know what usual is anymore after covid to be <laughs> honest so uh you know what? I, I debated uh, on how to structure this. I, I felt that coming out of COVID, maybe, uh, and maybe us the scouting not being as uh, thorough as it had been in the past due to regulations last year with those, we had the two drafts. It, it gives us a good look at players that might have slipped through the cracks too with some free agent guys. So ultimately, I think I would prefer to have a smaller camp and almost do more of a development thing, but I am excited with the chance to see all these guys in, in, in playing in front of us and get to be around them, see what they're like off the ice as well. Well, that's a good point, though, about how challenging scouting has been the last uh, couple of years. So uh, no stone unturned uh, to try to get some players uh, out of the uh, the last couple of years. All right, let's go with your netminders. You mentioned uh, Vickman, who's going to be at Vegas camp. Uh, not signed yet, I don't believe, by uh, Vegas, is he? No, he is not, not as as of today. All right, so he could and maybe likely will be back with you this year, but uh, that's still up to up to Vickman and the way he performs, I suppose, and we know what's happening in, in Vegas this year. It seems like they need some goalies, uh, so we never know. Uh, outside of him, uh, who are your goaltenders coming to camp that you expect to be pushing for uh, roster spots and starts this year? Well, we made the trade earlier in the summer for the, the Pratt Merrill from Moose Jaw, and then obviously – uh, Matty Hutchison, who came in as a 15-year-old and actually won a game. He, he might have been the reason we got into the playoffs then. He had a fantastic night for us. And I, I, I could be mistaken, but the stats people looked this up. He might have played more junior games uh, than any kid kid his age in, in Canada last year because he also played in the BCHL quite a bit. So, wow. uh, you know what? We'll see how he is. and all depends on how the tandem goes and, and who's competing hard and where they're at physically sort of once we see them back here and get them on the ice. You mentioned last year uh, just getting into the playoffs and and what a race that was down the stretch. Now, I know you kind of got in by the, the skin of your teeth there. Uh, no wins in your last three games, but still qualified. But then you get the first-round upset uh, over Everett, and I'm assuming that experience and uh, moving forward into this year, that's got to be just a, a big bonus to have that playoff experience and that uh, first-round victory. You know what? I mean, it's never been done in the history of the WHL where the eighth seed knocked off the number one seed. I'm obviously proud of, of the guys. It was incredible. It was so valuable for those younger kids to experience that. Um, I don't think anybody picked us to win that series, but I'll tell you what, it was more indicative of what I thought our team should have been all year. Uh, but there's a number of different circumstances that we'd take one step forward and then three steps back that, you know, sometimes are out of your control. So, uh, obviously, I was quite happy with the finish, and and you know what, I, I think that uh, the guys played hard. We even lost some key players in the playoff run too, that were 19 year olds that weren't able to play, like King Cole and Peyton Mount. So it, it was really good to see them come together. And you know, Ty Halliburton wasn't playing in the playoffs, but you know, he got to see some of it. That would have been great. But guys like Ethan Semenuk, we had some young kids that really stepped up, and even the Kyle Bosa came back from Melville and and had an impact in the series that we played. All right, let's go to your defensive core. And uh, mentioned that uh, Cotton and Horning uh, have moved on. And uh, 
Uh, did you, t- you said Cadu is back? Evan Toth gone? Yeah, Evan Toth. Yeah, I did. I did forget to mention him. Evan has uh, is going to the University of Manitoba to start his education, which is great for him. He's a a really bright kid, and and he wants to become a doctor. So okay. he sort of looked at it and weighed his options and thought maybe he'll get a head start on this by uh, not coming back at twenty. He's got eight years ahead of him there. I think uh, that's right. Uh, so that's three guys off last year's uh, playoff team roster that aren't back. So some uh, openings and and. Uh, uh, availability or opportunity for guys to move up the depth chart. Uh, who do you expect to be, to be maybe that that group that carries you into this season? Well, Madison Leslie's obviously a, a kid who had a terrific bubble season and, and then was quite good, especially down the stretch last year. And obviously, we expect a lot more from him. We've got a young 16 year old that will be on our team, Colton Roberts, who I, who who I think you know when you see him, it's going to be hard to believe that he's a kid and and he <laughs> looks big, he's strong, and competes hard. So. You know what? That that back end, we made the trade uh, with Tri Cities. We've added some depth. Uh, you know what? We've got a guy from Junior, junior A, Paul Mary, and Camazola. Also, sort of, were starting to come into their own last year, and those two are going to be expected to do more as well. Uh, Colton uh, Roberts, uh, six foot four, and at least uh, last year he was one hundred and eighty pounds, so he might even be bigger than that now. But he's your biggest defenseman and one of your your youngest guys in your team. Yeah, you know what? He plays big too, and he plays smart. So, like I said, if for a person that would come in and not know the kids, he would look at that and probably think he's 18 when you see him. Out yeah. there. He's pretty calm and poised as well with the puck. So, he, you know what? I'm really excited about him and the upside that he has. And he, I think he'll have a bigger impact on our back end uh, as a 16-year-old than a lot of people might think. Now, uh, we haven't seen the – I haven't seen the Giants in person for the last few years because of, uh, obviously, for uh, COVID circumstances. But as you mentioned, you're coming to Edmonton early. So, what sort of identity should I expect from uh, your defensive uh, group? Uh, is there something that stands out about them as a as a unit? Well, I don't think so. I think just a you know a, a smart, calm game. Uh, you know what? I don't. I can't say we don't have like a Mazden has the ability to really jump into the rush and activate and sort of be a fourth forward, Leslie. Um, you know, Colton. But I think that you're going to see a, a team game that uh, that that competes and checks hard and gets pucks up ice from our guys. I mean, as cliche as that sounds, that's we're not asking for anything that isn't too hard for them to do, and that's sort of hopefully by then we've established some of that. Well, let's jump up to the forward group and uh, your returning scores uh, up front, and, and again, lots of changes, but lots of opportunity for the young guys uh, to step up. But uh, Zach Ostopchuk, a uh, local product from our neck of the woods here, and uh, he's going to be one of your offensive leaders once again, isn't he? Oh, offensive and off-ice, on-ice. I mean, he once Justin sort of left, we let it sort of, settle in and then he was named captain and, and literally um uh, i mean he well at the time we got knocked out of the playoffs he was leading the playoffs and scoring he really he really took off in that last quarter of the season uh incredible and he does it all by example the kid has been not zero maintenance he's been no maintenance for me he's mm-hmm. just a pleasure to deal with and really he just comes and does his job he's in shape and he's a great example for our young kids Led your team in uh, scoring in the playoffs, uh, uh, but the guy who led your team in scoring in the regular season is uh, Fabian Lancel, who is uh, a Boston Bruins uh, draft pick. Uh, I know there's probably a lot of uncertainty right now on what his situation is. Well, what can you tell us? Well, with Fab, you know, we've, we've talked to Boston, and he's going to get every opportunity to sort of stay in the organization, whether it's Boston or, or Providence. And then there may be a point in time where if it's not going as well for him, that they may reach out and, and talk to us at that point. So, until uh, until then, uh, we sort of have to wait and see. We we did draft uh, another year old uh, Slovakian player that's already reported to camp, uh, Samuel Honzek, who played in the World Journey, was out of Edmonton for Slovakia. 
he's a late birthday 2004 born, so we'll have him and Vickman until uh, anything changes with that. Okay. Uh, so you go into the season kind of assuming, well, not assuming, but pretending at least or planning that he's not, uh, that LaSalle is not back with you, and if he ends up getting sent back to you, it's it's a bonus. It's almost a surprise. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is junior hockey. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, often there's been circumstances where players end up sticking in the NHL that you never expected. So mm. you always sort of have to be prepared for that. And planning at this level is a little harder. But man, if we can put kids into pro quicker than not, you know, it just speaks volumes about our program and what we're doing with them off on and off the ice. So I think we've got a good coaching staff that helps prepare them well for that. But yeah, that's pretty what we do. It's you talk to the NHL team and try to sort of figure out what their plan is and then you base yours around that. But like I said, you know what? Either way, it's it's good if he's there. If he's back, it's still a good problem to have. Barkley Pernetta is the GM of the uh, Vancouver Giants, my guest here on the Pipeline Show, looking ahead to this coming season. All right, beyond uh, LaSalle, should he come back? And uh, Ostapchuk up front, uh, who are the guys who are going to lead your, your team offensively this year uh, when there's so many changes up front? Uh, and I imagine there are some guys who are third or fourth liners for you uh, last season that are going to uh, have a big opportunity to move up the depth chart? Well, I, I always hate this question because I'm obviously, you know, I'm strong, like in developing the team, I'm pretty involved with the young guys that come up and through. So I love them all and I'm excited about all of them. But there's guys like Ty Halliburton who missed the playoffs, who had a, won a gold medal at the U-17s and played on the top line there last season, who I think people will be uh, pretty excited about. He should fill a hole in this stats category. Ethan Seminick really had a good playoff. I think you'll see he's another 05, uh, Madison Leslie. There's a lot of these 05 kids that are, are ready to pop uh, mm-hmm. at, at that level. Uh, Jaden Lipinski, who's a 2000-born late birth date, big kid who really he really started to come on and he looks bigger and stronger. I'm really excited. He, he's the type of guy that, and, and keep this in mind when I say this, uh, I worked for the Tri-City Americans and, and was involved with drafting Brett Leeson, but there's a lot of similarities there with the, his size and his shot and his ability to protect the puck. So I think we'll see things from him as well. So uh, again, there's so many guys here that are going to have the opportunity to step up. Justin who will be back, and he's a big, strong guy who I think didn't have the, as good a season as anybody would have hoped last year, and I think he's ready to come back for some redemption as well. You got a player out of Edmonton last year named Jacob Boucher who quickly became a fan favorite here. Uh, but he didn't play a ton for you last year because he got injured. What is he coming to camp? Hundred percent healthy this year. Bush is here. The poor guy. You know what? He if he had any, I don't know what. But the poor guy. So he came here and he was injured in Edmonton that we knew. But yeah. unfortunately, he had, he had a death in the family. And you know, he plays one game for scores a goal, then happens to go back to to attend to, you know a funeral, and then he comes back. He gets COVID, mm-hmm. and now he's locked down for fourteen days days at that time. And he plays a couple more and then he gets hurt again. He just really had some bad luck with his, uh, with his injury. And you know what? Uh, he stuck around. He was here through the playoff run. I, I asked him, I said, Bush, what do you want to do? Like, you know, it's unlikely you're going to be able to play again this year. Do you want to rest and recover here? Or do you want to go home? And he said, no, no, I want to be with the guys, which is really cool. So, mm. uh, we'll see where that goes. I mean, he can score. He, you know what? He scores a lot. That kid, when he gets around the net, he's able to put it in. Yeah, not the biggest guy in the world, but man, he forced his way onto the Oil Kings last year, and you know that was a deep team at the start of the season up front. And absolutely, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a fun player to watch. I hope uh, the best for him uh, this season. Yeah. All right, the the benchmark for success this year, you get into the playoffs last year again in that number eight seed. Uh, it, where do you set the bar for what you consider to be a successful season this year? 
Well, I mean, obviously playoffs and competitive. We always want to be doing that. And it's funny in junior hockey, things sort of evolve. Like last year going in, we were ranked in the CHL top 10. We had a terrific lineup on paper, but we never got the traction like until the playoffs. So it was a lot of work. And it's interesting in junior hockey, you know, you want things to transcend from one year to another, but a lot of times you're almost starting all over again uh, with all these new groups and different leadership people. Uh, so, you know what? I certainly want to be in the middle of the pack, if not higher. And uh, I want to be able to, as long as we're competing hard every night and we have a will to win, that's really what I look for more than anything else. Because as you saw last year, surprising things can happen when a team comes together. Well, that's for sure. And uh, it was a fun team to watch in the playoff run that you guys had. It was uh, a lot of fun from the outside looking in, uh, really entertaining hockey. And, and maybe that experience and the way you played in the playoffs, maybe that carries over to this season. I'm sure that's that's what the plan is and what your hope is. That, that is, absolutely. It's up to us to sort of implement the structure and the sort of uh, expectations and the standards. And once we've got that in place, we've got to make sure they're buying in and doing it and, and, uh, and help them along the way because uh, – it's changed a lot with these kids. It's not necessarily, uh, um, you know, hammering something out saying this is how you have to do it. It's more like, okay, this is why we need to do this this way, and you need to have everybody bought in on it. And that's easier done than said. It's the buy-in is it's like a buzzword, but it really is. When the guys buy in, you almost see it sort of in front of your eyes happen, and you're like, okay, here we go. Barkley, I really appreciate your time. Best of luck to you and the Giants this year. We'll see you in Edmonton when you come through town. Yeah, I can't wait. I'll come up and we'll have some beef jerky together. There's Barkley Paranetta from the Vancouver Giants, and uh, uh, that should be a good team this year. A lot depends on whether they get Fabian LaSalle back and uh, Jesper Vickman as well, but what a year from uh, Zach Ostopchuk, especially in the second half of the year and into the playoffs. And if that guy can keep going the way he did, uh, man, he's going to take his game to a whole new level this season. That's going to be a player to watch on a team that fans are going to get to watch and uh, probably enjoy this year as well. All right, next up, we're going to Kelowna. The Kelowna Rockets head coach Chris Mullett joins me next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Willock Beef Jerky. Hi, this is Luke Shun of the Kelowna Rockets. Hey, it's Madison Bowie. Miles Bell. Nick Merkley. Hey, I'm Leon Dreisaitl. Hey, it's Tyson Bailey. This is Mitch Wheaton. Hi, this is Tyrell Goldburn from the Kelowna Rockets, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Rocket Man, burning out of fuse out here Nothing compares to the smile on a child's face after their wish has been granted. The Rainbow Society of Alberta is dedicated to granting wishes throughout the province to children who have been diagnosed with a life-threatening or severe chronic medical illness. And you can help too. View the wishes, refer a child, and donate at rainbowsociety.ab.ca or get involved as a volunteer. Having a wish come true fills a child's heart with hope and happiness. Visit rainbowsociety.ab.ca today. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. It's the cheapest drug there is. Hey, we're back on The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming, and we are continuing on looking forward and looking ahead to the upcoming season in the WHL. We're doing the BC Division uh, this week here on the program. Of course, uh, The Pipeline Show is brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best beef jerky in Alberta, and you can get it anywhere in Western Canada by going to wilhawkbeefjerky.com, W-I-L. 
H-A-U-K, BeefJerky.com. Our next stop on the tour is uh, Kelowna with the uh, Kelowna Rockets, and uh, head coach Chris Millette is my guest. Uh, coach, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to get a chance to speak with you as uh, camps are about to open up, and I know it must be exciting times around the team uh, to get going once again. But uh, before we look uh, at the Rockets, I get an opportunity to talk to somebody who uh, is coming off a gold medal uh, this summer as the uh, well, on the bench staff with the a Team Canada's uh, Holinka Gretzky Cup gold medal winning team. Uh, tell me about that experience and what that meant for you as a, as a head coach. Or not as a head coach, but on the staff. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, ultimately uh, coming through with a gold medal was was icing on the cake. But anytime you get a, an opportunity to represent your country, it's a, it's a great honor. And um, I've seen firsthand uh, throughout the league uh, being involved with those that 05 age group that uh, – you know, being a part of it was really, really exciting for me, uh, coaching those high-end players that I have a feeling are going to be uh, electrifying this league for some time. So um, great to, to be involved with it. Uh, great to see the success that not only our Western Hockey League guys had, but uh, the CHL as a whole and that old five age group was, was really, really fun. Yeah, pretty dominating tournament. And uh, one of the Kelowna Rockets uh, players, is on, was on that team, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about him uh, coming up here. But uh, as we get to a look ahead to this coming season, we've got to reflect on who's not back from last year's team, and uh, everybody loses the uh, what were the 20-year-olds from last year, the 2001-born players, and for uh, the Rockets uh, off the playoff roster, that's Mark Lewiski as well as uh, defenseman Tyson Feist and uh, Jake Lee. Uh, anyone else from uh, who you had on the roster in the playoffs who won't be back this year. I, I, I'm thinking of uh, a guy like Pavel Novak, who is signed by uh, Minnesota. I assume nobody's expecting him back. Well, yeah, and I don't know if you're aware, but uh, Pavel, you know, earlier in the summer, uh, he was he was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And so uh, he's been battling that right now and, and doing very well. So, there is a possibility that he, you know, could possibly come back as a as a twenty year old import around Christmas time. Mm. Um, that you know, being being a signed player with Minnesota, I think in his best interest would be, especially after you know, essentially six or eight months off, going through all the treatments. Uh, you know, being in that environment um, might be best for him. But we'll cross that bridge uh, when we get there. We're just happy that. Uh, you know, he's healthy and, 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 you know, doing very well on that side. But other than that, our roster, uh, we've got Talon Boyko, a New York Ranger draft pick that is going to camp as a 20 year old, uh, competing for a position in the contract there. So you never know what happens in, in, in those types of circumstances. But other than that, the rest of our team is, uh, is back. It's, uh, it's a luxury that we haven't been used to over the years for sure here in Kelowna. I'm not sure if I had heard about Pavel Novak's situation or or not. I thank thank you for reminding me. If I obviously it slipped my mind, but I certainly wish him the best for sure. Uh, all right, so everybody else comes back from last year's team, and I guess moving uh, from one season to the next, having some of that continuity that's that's a good thing for a team, isn't it? To have a lot of returning players. It is. I, uh, you know, I thought last year that um, you know it was kind of an unknown uh, coming out of the bubble. Uh, we had expectations, obviously, for our group, and I I personally feel that we exceeded them um you know and 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 delightfully exceeded them and this year expectation is is high um 
you know, coming off a 42 win season, uh, with essentially 11 returning forwards, uh, five returning defensemen and two goalies. So, um, we got to take some big steps this year to say the least. All right. Well, let's start with, uh, the goaltending position. And you mentioned a Boyko situation with the Rangers. And as you said, he's looking to earn a, a contract, uh, right now, uh, assuming he'd be coming back. But, uh, Yeri Kekkonen, who sounds like he's from Helsinki, but he's from the, uh, Finnish, uh, port of, uh, Lloydminster, Alberta. Uh, that duo for you, uh, again, to have, uh, both goaltenders returning from last year, that's a, you would consider that a, a position of strength. Absolutely. I mean, our, our MVP last year was Talon Boyko. Um, you know, back there, he solidified a lot of, um, games for us when we weren't at our best. And, and there was a real good calmness back there, uh, that, you know, again, we hadn't had for some time here with an organization. So, uh, he was very good. If he's coming back, you know, the expectation is the same. He carried a lot of the mail last year with 55 games. I think he played. Um, but then you've got a young, hungry, uh, 18 year old in Yari Kikinen who in, in the seven or eight games that he played, um, you know, won a majority of those. And again, future looks very bright, uh, back there for us. So two veteran guys, um, that are going to have to, uh, that are going to push each other to compete for sure. If Boyko's not back or he comes back a little bit late, who's the next guy, uh, in the, in the system for you? Uh, we've got Nicholas Cristiano, uh, a, a goaltender that we had signed, another 04 goaltender that we had signed for the bubble. Um, and uh, he got into one game during that bubble season. So he's another player that we do have uh, have signed. And um, yeah, got a lot of young players that are that are coming in trying to open some eyes for us. So um, right now it's, uh, it's, it's those three. And, and again, we'll see where Boyko lands. And if it's late, then, then Yari, uh, will be carrying it for quite some time. All right. Uh, Chris Mallette is the head coach of the Kelowna Rockets. Uh, your camp, how many players do you, do you have coming in off the top of your head? Do you know, uh, we'll have a bunch of our draft picks for the first day and a half mm-hmm. of main camp. And we'll go down to two after that. So I'm thinking it's going be about 36, 38 players, give or take. Okay. Um, you know, two teams for three or four days. Uh, we do have room on the back end, so that'll be a, a focal point for us that uh, whether it's a draft pick or somebody that comes in uh, as a free agent, that, uh, you know, we do have some positions that are open back there. So, All right, well, on the back end, we mentioned uh, Feiston and Lee, both gone as uh, overage players from last year's roster. You didn't have a 19-year-old on the blue line, so you got a couple openings, and it was a young blue line uh, beyond those two guys uh, last year. Uh, how do you like that group coming in this season? Well, we talked about the expectation aspect of things, right? So now I've got three 19-year-old defensemen who have all played significant minutes throughout our league last year, albeit uh, the first full season for two of them. Um, Elias Carmichael came in as a as a 16 year old, got to play a lot of minutes then. Uh, then obviously COVID hits, but uh, expectations for uh, Carmichael, uh, Noah Dory, and and Jackson D'Souza are are very very high as as three 19 year old defensemen. Uh, and then you follow with uh, John Babcock, who you know last year I think really came within his own and, and opened some eyes as a big physical rugged defenseman. Uh, I think he's going to be eating up quite a few minutes. And, and obviously you've got Caden Price who at the Halenka was arguably one of the best defensemen within team Canada uh, as the tournament wore on that is going to uh, 
continue to progress and and could be a very very high NHL draft pick. One thing I noticed just on paper about this group, everybody's big. I mean, that's I don't know if that's by design, but it's going to be hard for the opposition to even get to the net. You got a lot of six three and six four uh, defensemen on that club. Yeah, it's kind of been the mo uh, within the Rockets organization to to being able to find these players and and the size aspect of things. They can all skate. They're all relatively physical and in closing time and space. So yeah, we want to make things difficult for for the opposition and. Um, with those five and, and the two returning goaltenders, uh, again, the, the thought process within our group is that's where the strength of our team will be. Uh, new faces, obviously, will be coming into camp uh, looking to crack that blue line or to get some playing time uh, off your defensive core. Who are uh, some of the leading candidates to get those spots? That's a great question. To be <laughs> uh, we've we've got a young signed defenseman, uh, an 05 Logan Dochuk out of Edmonton, Um who we signed last year out of camp. Uh, but other than that, that's the only player that we have under, under uh, uh, a player's contract right now. Mm-hmm. So whether or not last year we had three 16 year olds on our lineup this year, I don't know if that'll be the case. So it, it really is up in the air that, you know, this rookie camp slash, uh, you know, once they get into main camp um, is a time for them to, to really show us what they've got. We've got a, a lot of late round picks over the last few years due to the Memorial Cup when we dumped quite a few of our draft picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're hoping that some of these guys have panned out and growing and so on and so forth. So rookie camp will, uh, will be real interesting this year for sure. Chris Millett is the head coach of the Kelowna Rockets. He's my guest here on the Pipeline Show. Former Rocket, former uh, Moose Jaw Warrior himself uh, back in the league. as uh, Well, not just back in the league. Been in the league as a coach now for many years uh, with the Kelowna Rockets and uh, took over the head coaching duties here. Uh, I want to say a couple, three years ago. Yeah, like, yeah, I guess it would be, but uh, you know, first full season, I, uh, you know, I really count was last year. Yeah. Um, it took, took over the tail end of the Memorial cup year that was canceled and then the bubble and, and yeah, last year, uh, this will be my ninth season with the team though. So it's, uh, it's been, uh, it's been a great, uh, great time thus far. All right, and uh, moving up front, and uh, the, you got a lot of returning players up front as well, and uh, we've already talked about how that's such a benefit to have that continuity from one year to the next. Who leads your uh, club offensively this coming season, at least on paper? Well, I mean, you, you look at Colton Dock right now. He's obviously a signed player with Edmonton. He won't be at camp. Uh, he's going down to Chicago, or, or sorry, signed player with Chicago. Uh, he'll be going down there early. Um, to train with them and I'm assuming he'll get a very good look much like last year play a bunch of exhibition games and and with what's going on in Chicago who knows what happens <laughs> um, but he's going to be a guy that uh, is going to be relied on heavily uh, as well as the young uh, Andrew Crystal um, you know a 70 point guy as a 16 year old last year um, he is a very special player that I think could do some serious damage throughout this league. Um, and, and he'll be relied on heavily. And then you, you couple that with, with Adam Kidd, a 20 year old that we well, was 19 last year. He'll be a 20 year old this year, obviously that uh, came in from Calgary that um, came in seamlessly and, and really, really provided uh, some solid consistent play, uh, whether it was defensively and or offensively. So, 
I'd say those three up top uh, would be guys that are really, really relying on, but there are some guys that I think have to take some serious steps and, and um, you know, I, I look forward to watching the maturation of guys like uh, Gabriel Stutz, who had 16 goals last year, um, had a, made the world junior team for Chechnya, uh, playing with a lot of confidence. And then you look at a guy like Max Graham, a uh, big six foot three center iceman um, that uh, I think uh, will provide some very good secondary scoring. But again, it's, it's those steps that, uh, you know, the summer has been big for them. They're a young group, but uh, I'm really, really happy that uh, again, we've got that, like you said, that continuity within the group and the expectation that I've got for them. And, and they know what my expectations are for them and for our team are. So it's, it's been nice. Sounds like there's opportunity for guys who may have been third or fourth liners last year or for young guys to impress in camp and maybe work their way up uh, the depth chart this year, uh, at least early on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you also look at a guy like Marcus Pacheco, um, you know, another old five with, with Caden Price and, and Andrew Crystal last year that played limited minutes, but I think the sky's the limit for him. Work ethic, skating ability. I'm hoping that the confidence that he had or that he gained as the season wore on, um, you know, transpires this season. I think that uh, Nolan Flamin, another guy that played top six minutes for us last year, um, is going to have to definitely continue that because he does have some younger players behind him that are, that are going to be pushing. Um, you know, it'll be interesting. I'm coming in with a with an open mind and, and a clean slate for sure because when you do have a roster that is returning, you know, it, it is difficult to try and say, okay, well, line one last year, two, three, four, you know, where do those guys all slot in? So um, I'm a what, what have you done for me lately kind of guy. I don't hold grudges. And if these guys come into camp and and show right off the bat, they could be sitting in that top six, uh, that top six lineup. Um, but I also love the, the ability to potentially have four lines that I can play on a regular basis, uh, given the experience that they've got. Uh, well, curious about your, uh, import situation. Uh, you, you mentioned, uh, Sturch is back. Uh, do you have a, an opening for another guy or do you have a, a new player coming in? Yeah, we, we had drafted a player out of check. Um, Merrick Rokak, uh, who did play at the Holinka for, for Team Chechnya, but he is under contract, I think, until Christmas with a men's league team. Okay. Um, whether or not that is a positive for him, but he's got to, he's got to fulfill those duties. Um, and we'll see. I mean, we're at, you know, we're, we're hopeful that he comes over. I think he'd be a great, uh, addition, a right shot, skates well, um, you know, a young guy that, that could fit in real good with the players that we've already got here moving forward. So right now it's just one. Um, and again, that could open up as well with Pavel Novak and, and dependent on how or what Minnesota decides to do with him too. Right. Makes sense. I Maybe even the timing with uh, the other players' contract with the men's team uh, kind of keeps that door open for Novak a little bit and uh, not have be pushed into a situation uh, because the other player comes back uh, or comes over before Novak comes available. It seems like it might just work itself exactly. out. Yeah. All right. Lastly, uh, last year you, you get the uh, top five finish and what a race it was down the stretch or throughout most of the season for the top teams in the Western Conference. 
Uh, where do you set the bar for success this year? Is it just make the playoffs and and see where it goes from there, or are you hoping to you know at least get home ice advantage in the playoffs this year and take a step forward? Yeah, I mean, uh, last year I don't I don't think I would have really ever envisioned us being to where we were, and I'm just a realist and an honest person uh, in regards to you know there was a point where we ran into Kamloops uh, three consecutive weekends where we were only six points behind leading our division, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that kind of turned and set the tables and, and even going down the stretch with Seattle where we could have had home ice. Um, I know that Kamloops is a, a team that's very strong up front. Um, they're obviously hosting the Memorial Cup. They've got a, a dynamic group up front that, uh, you know, Last year, no different. We thought that they were going to be the team uh, within our division and, and obviously pushing for the conference, and I don't see it being any different this season for them. Um, I think Seattle within our conference is going to be extremely strong. Uh, uh, but within our division, uh, my expectation is to be near the top again. Um, you know, I, I, I want playoffs, obviously. I hope that what we've learned – Last year, albeit it was only four games, um, or sorry, five games, I think that we were getting stronger as it progressed. Um, and I hope that, you know, if we're put in that situation again this year, whether it's home ice, we do have an electric crowd here in Kelowna. We do play, or if you were to look at our record, we, we played very well at home last year. So I'm hoping to continue that trend. Uh, and if that's the case, playoffs and home ice would be a realistic, uh, a realistic vision for our group. Well, just a just a great race. I mean, five teams that finished within ten points of each other at the top of the conference standings last year, uh, and as you mentioned, with uh, Seattle and Kamloops expected to be right there again, and uh, Everett and Portland and yourselves, uh, it's going to be another great season of hockey in the in the Western Conference. Uh, Chris, I really appreciate your time. Hope well. We'll see you. I think uh, the Rockets come into Edmonton this year, don't you? We do, yeah. No, we're we're venturing out again. I can't wait. <laughs> I love the, I love the, I love the road trips. I love obviously playing at Rogers. So yeah, we will see you for sure. Isn't it funny you got like guys who have been on your roster for two or three years and haven't played outside of the conference yet? Well, I'm just happy we don't have to play Kamloops 14 times <laughs> this year. You know, it's seeing like I said. I mean, road trips down to the states were a blessing, and and now you know going out to Alberta and and you know beyond is is yeah mind-boggling it's it's what you look forward to and uh when you're playing and going out east and so on and so forth so it'll be nice it'll be uh it'll be good but yeah some guys on our roster that haven't ventured anywhere out it's crazy as chris Millette, head coach of the Kelowna rockets who uh right in the thick of it last year fifth place but only 10 points out of first place that's how tight the race was in the bc division last year and shaping up to be another good one again this season. I can never count out the Rockets. That is a one of the flagship franchises in the Western Hockey League over the years. No question about that. We've got one more. And speaking of flagships, uh, the Kamloops Blazers, uh, one of the uh, top teams uh, historically in the Western Hockey League as well. And uh, they will close out this WHL BC Division preview of the Pipeline Show. That's next. And it's uh, Sean Clouston, the GM and the head coach. He is our tour guide. When we come back, you're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. This is Logan Stankoven. I play for the Cowboys Blazers. It's the Blazers, Stankoven, left wing, trying to work around Dory. And does uh, Stankoven is shoot, score! 
Oscar from Atchison loves Wilhawk beef jerky. I'll never forget it. Heading to the lake. Three screaming kids in the back. Let's get ice cream, we said. Sour, soupy sundaes all over the van. But then I found Wilhawk beef jerky. Tender, seasoned pieces of meat smoked to perfection. Perfect for keeping little mouths busy. And best of all, no sloppy surprises. And I always make sure to bring a little extra to eat around the campfire. Thanks, Wilhawk. Wilhawk beef jerky. It's the best. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Hey, everybody. An old man's talking. Back on The Pipeline Show for one final segment in this week's episode as we uh, look ahead to the upcoming WHL season. We are going through the BC division, and our last stop is with the Memorial Cup host Kamloops Blazers and uh, going to be joined momentarily by the GM and head coach. That's Sean Clouston. Uh, the reminder, The Pipeline Show brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best. Beef jerky, go to willockbeefjerky.com. That's spelled W I L H A U K. Beefjerky.com. Any order, any size, anywhere in Western Canada. All right, without further ado, let's uh, let's get out to Kamloops and uh, join now by uh, Sean Clouston, the uh, GM and the head coach. And it's been a busy summer for you, making a big trade, which I'm sure we'll touch on here. Uh, you just made that trade yesterday as you and I are speaking right now. But welcome to the Pipeline Show, Sean. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate you making the time like this. Uh, busy time, uh, obviously, with the trade, but also camp right around the corner. How many players do you have coming into camp? We've got three teams worth, so approximately 60 players, all included. That sounds like it's a big group. Is that uh, what you do every year, or is it a little bit bigger this year? Um, it's really interesting. I think things have changed. Uh, you know, There was an era where most camps had four full teams. Um, you know, COVID changed some stuff. Uh, you know, the, the hub year, we basically just brought our team in. Hmm. Last year, with some restrictions, we were down to two teams. Um, this this would probably be where we're comfortable. We've got 50-player lists, so, you know, you try to get all 50 of your guys in and then maybe, you know, a couple handfuls of free agents to, to get to three teams. Uh, before we look ahead to uh, this year's club, maybe reflect on uh, last year's team and everybody loses their there are 2001-born players. Uh, for you, it's a couple of defensemen in Victor Parson and, and Quinn Schmiemann, uh, as well as a, uh, a pretty valuable pickup at the trade deadline last year in Luke Toporowski. There, are, Those three players not back, and I'm sure there are going to be some others as well. Uh, before we start, uh, uh, what do you do to address those uh, the holes uh, of those three players? Yeah, obviously, you know, everybody loses those guys. Um, you know, in our case, those are, you know, very valuable guys, most most teams, your 20-year-olds are very important, and it's it's uh, it's way better if you can replace those guys from within. If you've got guys ready to go, uh, guys that you know have been with your team for a little while, you know some years that's the way it works out. Some years, you know, you have to add. Um, you know, we feel real good about where we're at with our 20s right now. We're, we're believing that uh, Dalen Keithler will be back. He obviously had a terrific 19-year-old season. Went from scoring four goals each of his first two seasons to 38, um, you know, gets drafted by the Islanders. So the only risk there would be if they signed him and, and placed him. Uh, we're hoping he's back. 
we're hoping they believe that uh, with the Memorial Cup, he, you know, he, he's got some room to grow and develop at our level. Um, we've got Drew Englot, who was another trade last year, came in and was just terrific for us. Um, you know, we were we were a skilled team, pretty fast. Um, he, he came in and, and really was a great example for, you know, sort of the level of physicality that, that was possible. He really upped our physicality um, and was was real crucial uh, down the stretch. We had a we had a series in March where we had to play Kelowna six times in a row. It's just the way it worked. There was a couple couple COVID games canceled, and and uh, you know he was you know he was a part of that, and we were able to to beat them five out of six times. They had beat us the first five games of the season, and uh, you know that was a big obstacle for us. They were they, they were a little bit physical and. Uh, he was, he was a big part of of our team sort of overcoming that, getting over the hump. Um, so, so we're excited to have him back. And then on the back end, we've got Ethan Brandwood, and he's been a career blazer. He was a later pick, uh, kind of in and out of the lineup guy at 17, which was my first year here, a regular at 18. And then it was him and Schmeeman that were kind of our two steady shutdown guys. He, he's, he's a solid, solid defender. He's a character guy really well liked in the room um you know you know like a good steady defender and it's it's nice to have you know guys returning to fill those roles all three of those players are guys that the rest of our team really looks up to sean cluston is my guest he's the gm and the head coach of the kamloops blazers who are hosting the memorial cup in 2023 and uh obviously a big year for you and we expect there'll be some changes along the way this year and uh you certainly made a big splash Yes, hey, with the trade, we'll get to that when we talk about defensemen. But uh, goaltending is going to be a, a different look for you, we assume. Uh, Dylan Grand, who uh, is eligible to play again this year, but signed by the Rangers, is there any chance you're getting him back? Um, there's probably always a chance, but I don't think it's a a real high chance. I think the probability of that happening is is, is quite low. I think if they've got if, if he factors into their you know top four or five guys in their system, I think. I think as long as he's at least in the American League, they keep him. I think mm-hmm. if if was ever a situation where, you know, they were looking at the East Coast, like I think this would be an option that they looked at. I think Dylan uh, believes he's ready to, to to be a pro. I mean, he's played 16, 17, 18, 19. He's you know probably done enough. We'd sure love to have him back if it ever came to that, but we're we're not counting on it. All right, so assuming he's not back, uh, that leaves you with Dylan Ernst, uh, who uh, a terrific young netminder, second-round pick. Not to say he can't do it, but he hasn't had to do it yet because Garan's been the guy. Uh, how comfortable are you in net right now with uh, the goaltenders you have coming into camp? Yeah, so we we addressed our depth uh, and added Michael Schnattinger uh, in, in the import draft. We've got the young uh, Jesse Sanch. So we, we, we created some depth there. So Schnattinger is 18, Ernst is 18. You know, we believe that, you know, the potential for those guys to, to grab it and run with it is there. Um, you know, I think that un- until, until it happens, you, you don't know, but uh, we, we have, we have high expectations. Um, Dylan Ernst went to Carolina's camp, had the terrific camp. He actually got invited back to their, to their, camp here in the fall um so i think he's really trending in the right direction he's a you know, he's a talented young goaltender he's got good size so i think uh, you know we'll find out more as the season goes along but he's taken some some real big steps 
uh, especially recently. How much do you know about uh, Schnanninger? Um, not a lot. He is in town, has been in town for a little bit, uh, working, uh, you know, getting settled into the new billets and, um, you know, lifestyle of the other side of the ocean. Um, so far, we like what, what we see. So far, he's, uh, you know, reports from his, his goalie sessions on the ice is that, you know, he's a, he's a good young goaltender with, with lots of potential. Uh, all right, let's go to your defensive group and uh, mention the trade a couple of times already, but a, a pretty significant move here uh, for your club. You, you trade Mats Lindgren, who was a big piece of your team last year, one of your offensive leaders, certainly on the blue line, uh, and you move him to Red Deer. Now, it sounds like he had asked for a trade. He wanted to be moved. Uh, you, you do pretty well in that deal. You're getting Kyle Masters out of Red Deer and a conditional first-round pick. Tell me how that trade unfolded uh, from your perspective. Yeah, I think... You know, it's interesting because you get lots of questions. Did he ask out? What's the process? Um, you know, there, there was lots of discussions, and they were kind of ongoing. And you know, I think both sides got to the point where let's let's see what's out there. Um, you know, I think I think the player back was important. Um, you know, the age group was important. You know, we we wanted a defenseman back. If we could get a defenseman, um, you wanted we wanted the player to be at least eighteen. You know, maybe preferably 19 in, in this in this case with where we're at in our cycle and with the with, with us hosting the Memorial Cup, um, and 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 then from the the pick side, you know that becomes important moving forward too. So we were able to you know to get that to a first, which which made the, the deal um, you know r- really attractive to us. Well, I, I like Kyle Masters a lot as a defenseman. Uh, he's a very he's a different defenseman though than Lindgren, right? I mean, fans shouldn't expect that he's be putting up fifty, sixty points like Lindgren did. No, I don't exactly. And you know, I think that we've got we've got a forward group that's extremely offensive. We spent quite a bit of time when when he was a guy that was potentially available. We spent quite a bit of time evaluating, um, you know, kind of breaking down his game statistically. Um, you know, you know, watching video, and and again, yeah, a little bit, you know, you know, different. I think he has some upside. I think there's a little bit more there. I think his his numbers last year were a little bit off as far as the pro- projection from the hub season to, to last year. So we do think there's more there, but um, he's he, he's a simpler, um, you know, more of a 200 foot guy. Um, plays fast, gets the puck in the forwards' hands quickly. Um, good stick, um, you know, closes, closes on the puck carrier quickly. So no, we, we're really excited about him. We've heard good things. Uh, went to Minnesota camp with, with, with Caden Banker. Those two guys know each other real well. So I think he's very excited about joining. You know, we've got some players that know him that are excited about welcoming Kyle, uh, and, and, and his family to the team. Well, the rest of the blue line uh, be a different look for you, though, without Schmeeman and Lindgren, two of your uh, more offensive players, uh, certainly from the back end. Who carries? Uh, who takes on that responsibility to be the offensive guy back there? Yeah, I think, I think what you you look at is you know timing and and an opportunity. So we've got guys, uh, you know, Logan Barrels is a is a second round Bantam draft, and he, he hasn't really had a ton of opportunity. So he's 19 years old right now. Uh, he got little glimpses on the power play and performed really well. Um, very dedicated um, kid, really smart. So, so we think that he has the ability to step up a little bit. Caden Hamill 
first round pick was 16 years old last year. He's 17. Uh, was 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 really close to making the Holinka team. You know, disappointed that that he didn't make it. But I think he's a he's a guy that has some offensive ability to you know look to take a take another step forward. So you know you you hope that between Masters and Hamill and Barrows and and you know potentially we we'll get a read on our other import 19 year old uh, Finnish defenseman. You know we we we'll, we'll wait and see a little bit. But I think there's there's it's a real good opportunity for for those guys to step up and, and, and grab hold of it. Okay. Uh, you said you had a, a Finnish defenseman as well. I don't have him on my sheet here. Yeah, Apo Sorrell. So he's a 19-year-old Finnish defenseman. He um, played about 11 or 12 games towards the end of the season last year in the Liga. So, again, we'll, you know, sometimes there's an adjustment period. It, it, it's not necessarily smooth all the time, but, you know, we'll, we've got an opportunity to be a little bit patient here and just watch all these guys, watch Sorrell, watch Barrels, watch Hamill, uh, Masters. We've got uh, Michael and Pierce, uh, you know, two 17-year-olds that started the season with us, went back and played uh, with with uh, their academy and, and midget program. And, and, and those guys are excited and, and, and looking forward to some opportunity. You know, you know pretty talented young defense. And we've got a... We've got 16-year-old Harrison Brunick that we believe will, you know, will, will be here. Um, you know, it's uh, you know tough to play in the league at at, at 16, but he's a signed player that uh, you know we think will have lots of development opportunity, especially early on here. Uh, let's go to your forward group, and uh, I think everybody knows the name Logan Stankov. And now, what a what an amazing season he had last year. The playoffs were just unbelievable. Uh, and then uh, has a pretty busy off season here with uh, a gold medal with with Team Canada as well. What are you expecting from him this coming year? Oh, with with thanks, you always expect <laughs> a lot. He's a he's a world class player. Um, he's a fierce competitor. Oh, he's he's got an incredible drive yeah, that shows up on the ICU and you see his motor going. So no, I think that uh, you know hopefully he's back. Yeah. He's he's only 19 years old. Um, you know we're 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 optimistic that he's going to go and have a great camp, but that uh, at some point, you know, we think they'll give him a real good look. But at some point, uh, he'll be back leading the charge here. We well, I think it's a similar situation that we saw at Edmonton here well, last year with Dylan Gunther, the Arizona yeah. uh, Coyotes, and uh, well, Dallas is a little deeper than Arizona, so maybe that uh, that works in your favor a bit too. But uh, yeah, what a what an amazing player Stan Coven is, and you've got a pretty solid surrounding uh, uh, cast of characters for him as well. Who else is going to lead the way this year offensively for for Kamloops? Yeah, we've had a real nice run with the forwards. You look at uh, we've got a, a number of draft picks. Uh, you know, Bankier was drafted by Minnesota last year. Uh, Seminoff was drafted in, in, in the past draft. Mentioned Dalen Kiefler, who was recently drafted. Um, you know, we've got uh, we've got Fraser Minton, who was a second round draft pick, uh, but with Toronto, you know, Drew Englot uh, returns as a twenty year old. So no, we, we we feel like we've got a lot of depth there. Connor Levis uh, is going to be he's the late birthday 04. He's got he's got a lot of potential, a lot of interest there. Big. You know, um, gifted uh, forward. Um, he's probably going to come in at about six two. You know, one ninety. Um, you know, with with some with some real good skill. And I thought his game um, came a long way last year. He you know he kind of adapted to you know 
the league and, and, and the physicality and the intensity that it takes to be successful. I think the playoff run for all the guys mentioned for our entire team, you know, was, was really valuable just to see how hard it, it gets the, the further you go. Well, that playoff experience, I mean, uh, basically nobody had it last year because of the last couple of seasons uh, with no playoffs. But now having gone deep like that, that's a valuable experience for this year when you're going to need it. I mean, you want to play deep into the playoffs and get to the Memorial Cup, not because you're the host, but because you're the WHL champ, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and, and, and you, you nailed it. It's until you have the experience, you don't really know. Um, you know there's teams that, you know, Previously, you, you you barely missed the playoffs, and you can say, "Ah, oh, we were real close," or you make it to the first round, and you you think that's pretty good. It just each step of the way gets harder and harder, and you can tell the players that. But until they experience it, until they experience, um, you know, a, a hard-fought series, uh, you know, a, a game five where you can put a team away and you don't do it, you get it done in game six, and then you get to game seven in the final series. It it just it, it takes a lot. It takes uh, everything you've got, and, and then there's there's some disappointment to live with. I mean, we were a goal away from, you know, at least getting to overtime in Game Seven, and 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 when you're that close, it, it's it's positive because you had a great season and you were you know, one of the last teams playing. But there's there's some there's some pretty devastating disappointment there for for the guys to to get so close, but but. But, but not quite yet there. And I think that can you know, can be a real motivator because there's there's the, there's the experience, there's there's the uh, the closeness, and then the realization that you know we we need to find a little bit more. Lastly, we know there's going to be changes to the roster. You already made the one big trade this week. Uh, between now and the trade deadline, I'm sure you'll be busy. The timing of those moves. Do you want to get it done earlier in the season so the guys mature together all year long? Does it matter, or do you kind of have to wait and see how the team sort of uh, develops together early on? How do you handle that? Yeah, I think it's all of the above. I think that if if something makes sense earlier on, you take a look at it. You know, more often than not, there's not a lot of trades. You know, there, there's usually a bit of movement, or potentially there's some moves at the bantam draft when teams are kind of jockeying and have some extra picks or have some extra bodies. Maybe there's an extra overage. Um, you know, there's some potentially some players early on that, um, you know, maybe looking for a change um, in the off season. But once the season starts, most teams are going to take a look at the team and evaluate, you know, make a decision whether they're a playoff team, make a decision whether they can, they can add and uh, try to make a little bit of a, a push and, and get through a round or two or, or whether the, the timing facilitates being sellers so you know if there's something available early we'll look at it you know we anticipate it'll it'll probably you know be a lot more going on as the deadline approaches Sean Cluson the GM and the head coach of the Kamloops Blazers getting ready for this season uh, before I let you go I I pulled up your bio I just uh, was curious uh, about your your history I knew you from Medicine Hat but I didn't know where you were before then University of California, <laughs> Berkeley, and the Reno Renegades yeah. and San Angelo Outlaws. Uh, where? How do you get your start coaching down there? Yeah, humble beginnings, right? <laughs> uh, um, basically, where I got my start, so I was I was playing in the minor minor leagues. I played uh, in the old IHL for a bit with, with Vancouver's farm team, but I ended up 
defining myself in Tulsa, Oklahoma, playing for Gary Unger, who remained a friend of mine. And hmm. At that point, you're not making a lot of money, and Roller Hockey International was a league that started up, so some of us minor leaguers could head out to California and, and kind of continue to make some money um, playing on playing on wheels instead of blades in the <laughs> summer. So I was in the I was in the Bay Area and uh, was kind of going back and forth. I'd play in Tulsa, uh, go play in the summer in Oakland, back to Tulsa. So I did that for two or three years. And then uh, my first coaching job uh, when, when Gary decided he wasn't coming back was with, was with the, the roller hockey team, the Oakland skates and uh, decided to kind of settle and work for the team year round. And then because the off season was winter, I got a call from, from a club team there at UC Berkeley. I was a, it was a real enjoyable experience. It was kind of neat. We'd end up playing Stanford, uh, kind of across the bay, and the band would come out. And even so, even though it was just kind of club level hockey, where the players were paying their own way, there was there was some interest that was pretty exciting and a lot of fun. And then I think I was Reno next for part of a year. I took over uh, partway through the year, and then ended up in San Angelo, Texas. That was the Western Professional League. Uh, Brad Treliving was was uh, running the league at the time. Wow. Um, I played with I played with Tree in uh, in Portland for a little bit, then I went back to Tulsa. So I played in Tulsa. I went back to Tulsa for a couple of years as a head coach. I ended up um, with the Winterhawks. Worked with Mike Williams Williamson for a year. Yeah, I played my junior career in in Portland. I had a short stop. Didn't quite make it through the year in in Tri Cities, and then real fortunate to to be a medicine half for 16 years that, that was quite a run really enjoyable very thankful for for that time well a long time in medicine hat uh, and maybe only bob ridley a longer time uh, in medicine hat and maybe <laughs> we'll, we can close on that just the retirement of bob ridley and uh, your thoughts oh man what a what a story what a legend um you know i was i was fortunate to spend a lot of time with him i'm a guy that doesn't sleep great on the bus so i spent lots of nights kind of perched up on a on a cooler there chatting with Bob, uh, making sure he's awake. No, he was unbelievable. He never had to worry about that. Um, just a classy guy, a, a, a great caller of the game, uh, great energy on the radio. Um, you know, some unbelievable stories. He's been there since the start, since 1970. Mm-hmm. I think the story was he, he'd only missed one game and that was on the radio station, had him go cover, cover a, a curling bond spiel instead yeah. of a, the Tigers game back in the seventies, but yeah, he used to, used to do it all. He used to drive from PG back to, to medicine hat and, and go to work in the morning. He's a, a first class guy. Like I said, a, 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 a legend in the sport and in, in, in our league and broadcasting and what a, what a amazing career. Well said coach. I really appreciate your time. My best of luck to you and the Blazers. I'm sure we'll chat again, uh, uh, down the course of this season and uh, once you get to the Memorial Cup as well. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks, Geek. Now that was Sean Cluston, the GM and head coach of the Memorial Cup hosting Kamloops Blazers. And, uh, man, that, that was a fun team to watch last year, and they're going to be even better this year. Uh, the one big hole, the bit, not a hole, question mark, obviously, in net with, uh, with Dylan Grand moving on, assuming that's the case. And it's not to say that the goalies they have coming in camp can't get it done, but they just they haven't been in the position before where they've had a chance to prove it. Uh, so it, until they do, it's a question mark. Unless Kamloops goes out and gets a vet from somewhere else in the league. I don't know who those guys are this year, though. I don't. I don't. 
Off the top of my head, I can't think of one. I mean, there's been a couple that have been moved already. Unger going from uh, Red Deer to Moose Jaw. And uh, Swift, the Swift Current Broncos also picking up a uh, goaltender from the Winnipeg Ice. So maybe there's one there. Or maybe they don't. Uh, they, they, they go a couple of months into the season and figure, hey, you know what? These guys are good. We got them. We got that position down. So maybe they don't have to go out and make an adjustment there. But, uh, you know, there will be changes coming. I'm looking forward to seeing the Blazers come to town because uh, it would be my first chance to get to see Logan Stankoven in person. I didn't get to go to the World Junior Championship because I had COVID. Uh, so to get to watch him in person for the first time, uh, I'm looking forward to that. You know, one of the top offensive players in the league last year and might be the one of the odds-on favorite to be uh, right up there again. Well, he should be, right? I mean, he was third overall in scoring last year. I'm sure most people are thinking Connor Bedard will be that guy this season, but Stankoven could be right there. Ben King again could be right there, although he doesn't have his running mate in Red Deer this year. We'll see uh, how much that affects him, but uh, yeah, all three of those guys should be uh, near the top in scoring. It should be uh, another terrific, exciting year in the Western Hockey League for sure, and uh, that should be a great power race in the Western Conference because I I don't think Seattle is uh, taking a step back at all, and Kamloops is hosting. You know they're going to be loading up. Uh, so I think uh, those two teams are going to lead their respective divisions and uh, should be a great battle uh, down the stretch and into the playoffs. Really, really looking forward to it. All right, that does it for this week's episode. We previewed all five BC Division teams. Next week, we're heading to the East Division. We're going to uh, do all six clubs, two from Manitoba, four in Saskatchewan, outside of the Swift Current Broncos because they're in the Central. Reminder, if you want to have early access to all the interviews that you hear on a full episode of the show couple of them the first two that i did in this week's episode i did last week you're hearing this as early as uh, friday the uh, the second of september if you downloaded the whole thing those two interviews have been available for a full week now uh, the other three i did earlier in this uh, this week tuesday and the patrons get early access to all the interviews so uh, the uh, so if that's something that you would like to have is uh, get it before the general population uh, then uh, explore patreon.com slash the pipeline show and see if it's a fit for you a couple of bucks a month is what it costs a little less than that on an annual basis and uh, you can have early access too as well as some other perks the camps open this weekend i will be uh, heading down to rogers place in edmonton to get a look at what the oil kings are going to be looking at this year because they're going to look a lot different let's be honest we'll get to the uh, central division preview in a couple of weeks but uh, next week it's the east division so between now and then, get out and maybe watch some training camp if you can, so we can chat about it next week here on the Pipeline Show. Brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. My name's Keith Flaming. See ya.